as Heritage, would you welcome my sweet Mama C this morning? I love this church. I just uh, felt such the power of God during the worship, uh, Aaron and Megan and the whole team. I could have literally just fallen down right there and cried for an hour. And it was just the power of the Lord. And so I honor you today for um, loving Jesus. I honor you for loving your pastors. I honor you for loving this region. I honor you for what God has for you in the future if you just only knew. You really, really, God has given you, uh, you know, prophetic is glimpses. It's glimpses. But if you knew the whole picture, we would probably just all lay right here and just cry for hours. There is a real blessing on this church. I'm talking a tangible blessing that has been bestowed by God from the foundation of this, from the earth. And this will be known as a Jerusalem church in the Northwest. This will be known as a Jerusalem church. This, this church heritage will be known as a missions church, uh, a, a church that sends out missionaries, pays for church buildings, not only money, but you will send people out to the world. <clears throat> this is going to be known as a healing church, a church where people are healed miraculously by the power of God They will walk in the doors (coughs) bound and they will be free. Nobody will even touch them. The power of God will free them. They will walk in sick and they will be healed. They'll walk in unsaved and be saved. Um, This is going to be known as a revival church. It's already known in the heavens and it's starting to manifest. Don't you feel it? Um, I told uh, Laura, I said... The power increase every time I go come here is incredible. I mean, every year it's been amazing. But every year I go, there's it's like there's a building. You know, we should go from glory to glory. And that is what is going on here. So I honor you and I honor what God is doing in you. The Lord uh, told me uh, last night that he wanted me to talk about Jabez, the prayer of Jabez. And... Uh, I love this story. I've always loved this story. To me, it's an amazing story. Um, but there are principles in this story that apply to heritage right now. And there is an, a strengthening and, and an expansion that is going on by the move of the Spirit because of your amazing pastors and their love for Jesus and what they've stood for for years, and because of you being willing to lock arms with them and uh, do what God's asked you to do. One of the things the Lord spoke to me in the early morning hours, and this is a prophetic um, instruction for everyone in the, in the house. This morning, he, the Lord said, if over the next year, if you will make it a ritual, there's nothing wrong with rituals, If you'll make it a routine to get up in the morning and pray for this church and pray for your pastors 
and for the furtherance of the gospel in this region and across the world, this is an instruction, that every need that you have will be met. And I have scripture to back that up. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that matter to Callie will be done. How many of you got some things that matter to you? You know? So if we'll put the church first, because listen, growth and expansion and blessing have to be stewarded. And I've told this to my children, and I believe this very, I said trouble and, and trials lead us to our knees. But sometimes blessing can cause us to be lackadaisical. So the Lord's given you instruction. There is much blessing that is being bestowed on this ministry, on your family, on each of you, but it has to be stewarded in prayer and you have to shore up the prayer vigil so that the increase is complete, that the enemy can't get in and mess with your pastors or their family. Can you do that for me? The promise of the Lord is your needs will be met. Let's give Jesus a hand clap. I uh, love, love, love pastors Brian and Laura. I, I love them. Um, I have the privilege of going places and being places, and I honor everywhere I go, and there's a lot of good churches that I go to, and there's a lot of not-so-good churches that I go to because God says go. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of pastors that I like, and there's a lot of pastors that I don't necessarily like, but God says go, so you go. But these are pastors that I love. And let me tell you why I love them, because you need to be reminded. I love them because they are authentic. I love them because they love Jesus. They love the move of the Spirit. I love them because their children love each other. There's a closeness about their family that really moves me. I love them because they're not fake. They're not trying to be famous. They just want to serve God. And they just want to do what God's called them to do. And because you're all of those things, God is going to treat you much like he treated Solomon. You just wanted to see the kingdom of God grow. You had ideals, and this is important that you capture this. You had ideals about how your ministry would be. And a lot of the very things that you thought, the enemy early on sent literal cannonballs to try to blow out the faith of your, your life. He tried to stop you because he knew you were going to be a faith man and woman. So he struck, early on tried to stop your faith. Didn't work, didn't work. Some of the people you depended on and thought would help, help you become what God wanted you to be, the enemy sent cannonballs and blew out those relationships and tried to uh, stop your ability to even hope. Uh, you followed the call of God through all of that. It literally, it was war. It was war. The first uh, seven years to ten years of your marriage was war. You were fighting, but you were standing. The Lord says, in the next 25 years, <laughs> everything you ever dreamed of, Pastor, everything you ever dreamed of, 
It's going to be so much bigger than what you dreamed that you will stand in your room with Laura and you will cry and you say, why did God love me so much? Why did he love me so much, Laura? Why did he love me so much? He's going to raise you up. I see God raising you, you both up in the assemblies of God. And they're going to be, there's going to come a time where they will call you and say, show us how to have a relevant and powerful church at the same time. And they're going to call you back. There's going to swing around and uh, there's a lot of growth going on and there are a lot of good things going on. A lot of people being saved. And I am not one that downs any church. If they're preaching Jesus, I'm for them. Okay. So, but. You in particularly have an anointing to preserve the uh, the the early church um, model. You have an you have a desire, you have a love for it, and you have anointing to protect it. And so you are just doing what God's told you to do in this region. But God is going to raise you up uh, and give you much influence in the organization of the assemblies of God. How it will happen, I don't know, but it will happen. And uh, they will begin to call on you and say, show us how to have a healing church. Show us how to obey the Holy Spirit. Show us we are losing it. Our, our, we're losing our, we're, we're becoming a, 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 just a denominal church and we want the power back. And God, God will set you up for that. God will give you great influence to uh, influence these men that have much power in this organization. And they will relinquish their uh, power to you because they will want it back. They will, there will be a hunger. America is getting ready to see the greatest revival it's ever seen. And we will either get with the program and be a part of that revival or we will lose it. Churches will have choices to make. You will be part of the solution for that, for spirit-filled and even other spirit-filled movements, not just the assemblies. Um, I see you writing books. There's going to be a book coming. It's going to come from the Holy Spirit. It's going to be the easiest book you've ever written and it's it, it, this book is going to fly all over the world by the hand of God and uh, in, you will influence nations with this book you'll send hundreds of thousands of them across the world you'll have them uh, where is it where they have them translated into their own uh, language of the of the nation this is going to be known as a missions church a revival church a healing church and a church of great wealth uh, you will um, pastor and take care of the people that nobody wants and God's going to send you the people that everybody wants and uh, God is you have a great compassionate heart for the hurting and the broken and uh, and the Lord is so pleased with that he is so pleased with that and you're going to even have as the Lord leads there will be ministries that will come out or even that you partner with in this region that do uh, ministry for the hurting and the broken, the disenfranchised. Because of your love for people, God is going to give you people that love Jesus, that have lots of money. And uh, there will be seven couples over the course of the next 10 years. Some are here, some are coming, that God is going to literally grow them into um, paymasters for the kingdom. I see God, I see God uh, sending some man in here that doesn't even go to this church that is going to write a multi-million dollar check for you to do something very special. You'll know when the time comes what it's for. You will already have been praying for it. He will walk in. He will say, 
I need to meet the pastor of this church. I've heard about him. Here's the money, and he will walk out. You will never see him again. But God has got, his hand is on this church. God, this is God's church. This is God's church, and he Put it in your heart as a young boy and you will have the land that you want. That you, This church will have the building, a, a massive building at some point that will seat hundreds and thousands of people. This church is going to do great exploits and that's why it's so important as a church that you begin to pray for your pastors and this church and the promise to you is everything you're believing for will be performed because you are seeking first the kingdom of God. Let's give God a hand clap. That's why when the Holy Ghost hit me on the front row, I could not keep the tears from coming down because I know when God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. All four of your children will serve the God all the days of their life. Um, Max Amos was named Maximus because he is a maximizer. You named him prophetically. He will be a very wealthy businessman and a man of God. He will be both. Um, The hand of God is on him to create wealth. The hand of God is on him to love God all the days of his life. He's very tenderhearted. Um, He's a bit wild, but that wildness is what makes him so amazing. He will have great faith. There will come time in your ministry where you will want to do things and you, because you're older by that point, you're more cautious, you're, you think things through, you've got a much bigger ministry, but you will see yourself in Maximus and he will speak great faith to you and y'all will leap out by faith and do even greater ex- exploits. That's the will of God. He'll marry an amazing woman. She'll be a great um, stability for him. And a great voice of wisdom. She will love you too with all of her heart. Um, the hand of God is on, of course, this child right here. Emily is going to tr- trot all over the world. She's going to marry an amazing man. God's got great plans for her. She's a preacher. She's an amazing woman of God. She's a teacher of the word. She's a singer. She's a songwriter. She is such a beautiful example of uh, what all of us want our children to be. So I love you so much. Um, the baby boy, Ben, will play a huge role in the sustaining of this church. I see him doing lots of things that uh, he will write. He will his, his writings will go all over. He will have great influence because God's given your family influence. And Ben will be a blessing to hundreds of people. Uh, the hand of God is on Ben. The baby boy will be an entertainer. He is... Uh, you're going, to, you're going to get to see two different sides of the road. It will be very scary at first. He's going to be funny. I see him being a comedian to the church. I see him doing shows. And, and he will actually be a great joy for y'all because he will, he will love the church. He will support the church. He will talk about you all the days of his life in a, in a place of honor. But God has a path for him that will be different. And that is why you loved me so much. You did not realize that it was a part of the plan for your own child and God is expanding your faith and expanding your ideas so that you can understand it and not 
run against it, but allow God. He will serve God all the days of his life. He, he, he is a bit of a rounder. He might have to figure a few things out, but the hand of God is on him. He'll be blessed amazingly. He'll have great influence. And even through his voice, many people will come to this church. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. I like the way God does things. Because God loves to blow our mind. When you were singing today, Aaron, I heard the anointing and the power of God come through your voice. You and Megan have been called here. This is your home. You'll raise your children here. You'll raise up psalmists here. There is an, a humility about you that is so beautiful. And Jesus says he loves your meekness and your humility. And your children are going to do great exploits. The hand of God. I see finances. There's generational curse of poverty that has been broken off and uh, God is going to bless you in such an amazing way. Even in the next 16 months, you're going to be blown away at the advancement and the blessing of God on your life because of your willingness to put the kingdom of God first. And uh, you have a, a marriage that is blessed. You're going to help people that are even in trouble in marriage. And you're going to walk them through it. You're not just music ministers. You're pastors at heart. And God is using you. You'll be a part of this ministry all the days of your life. There, there will be a point in time you'll be sent out to even start a church. The hand of God is on you to pastor. You, this will be Papa and Mama all the days of your life. Settle in. Let every ounce of the DNA of this church become a part of you because this is who you are. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Yes. Yes. God is good all the time. I sure like this family right here. I prayed over you yesterday. Is this your husband? And this is your son. Will y'all stand? Hallelujah. And I'm going to preach here in a minute. What's your name, sir? Christian. And your name? Chisholm. Chisholm. And give me your name again. Bookie. Bookie. Let me just say that there is such an anointing on your family. Your mama's a warrior. Your daddy is a man of principle and a man that can be counted on. And you, son, will shake the world for the gospel. You are an evangelist. You are a preacher. You are a prophet. You are a man of God. And what your parents have contended for, not only in the natural, but in the spiritual, God will bring fulfillment through you. Sometimes, listen to this, sometimes God births something in a mama that does not necessarily happen. And I said this to the ladies yesterday, but it's warranted saying again. There have been things that have been birthed in my life that did not happen in my lifetime or through my life, but happened through my lifeline. Okay, so through your lifeline, this young man will do great exploits. The hand of God is on him in a powerful way. You must guard your heart. You must listen to your mom and dad. You must get your education. There are great, great plans that God has laid out for you. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. I ask God to send angels to to make your way prosperous to go before you and behind you. You will be a voice of reconciliation, a voice of revival, and a voice of reformation. That's the will of God concerning you. Hallelujah.
Pastor Dav, there will be many men and women that you and Laura send all over the world. You will have influence to send the people that God has put in your congregation, that God has given you the anointing and the father mantle to father them, and then you will send them across the world, and your influence will be their influence. Hallelujah. 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 God is good, isn't he? Something about when the prophetic begins to flow. I learned this a long time ago that whether I got a personal word that God was speaking in the house and if I would just tune into the Holy Spirit, he would begin to give me instruction. And I just want to encourage you through this service uh, to just tune into the Holy Spirit. Okay. The prayer of Jabez. And I want to read this. I have loved this scripture a long time. And when that book first came out, I read that book, loved it, read it again, and then just kind of put it up. Well, a few months ago, the Holy Spirit, one day in prayer, we have prayer every day at noon. He said, I want you to go back, Callie, and I want you to read the prayer of Jabez. And so I pulled it up. And let's go to, Lord, I just thank you for this service. I thank you for these people. I thank you for this church. I thank you for what this church is going to do in the earth and across the Northwest and across America. I thank you for the voices that are coming out of this church. I thank you for the revival. And even as I sat in the office, I don't want to forget this, as I sat in the office and I looked at that picture with the steps and the river flowing over the steps. The river is rising. The river is rising. And the river of God will bring hundreds into this place. This is a time of expansion. This is a time of God breathing and blessing. And so as I was on my own personal journey of reading this again, because God was speaking to us the same thing, I pulled it up and it's First Chronicles 4. And I'm just going to read 9 and 10, and then we're going to go back and kind of dissect it. Um, Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Then you go to number 10, and Jabez called on on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. And I want to just stop right there. I find it interesting that that whole Chronicles is filled with a lot of genealogy. This one begat that one, this one begat that one. And all of a sudden we get to this number 9, chapter 4, where he says, you know, and Jabez... He didn't talk, you know, he he stops. He wants you to understand the background of this man. He wants you to understand before he tells you what he prayed, he wants you to understand. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And then he says, then the writer says, and here's what the boy's been hamstrung with his whole life. He's been dragging around a name that is less than honorable. He was born and hamstrung to a curse because in that day and age, when you got your name 
and it's it's really true now. I think people should think about what they name their kids, but especially in that day and age, your name meant everything. Your name was a prophetic declaration over your life the rest of your life. There's many of us sitting here, all of us sitting here, we were born into sin, shaped in iniquity. We were hamstrung to a curse of sin. Not one of us was born without that curse. Because of the fall, we're all born into sin. And we know that Jesus paid the price and he came, thank you Jesus, and he died and he reconciled us, he gave us the opportunity to be reconciled back to the Father. But we still have to make a choice. And I think it's important to note that in verse 9, the writer wants you to know that he was honorable, but he did not have a leg up when he was first born. He was, he was hamstrung to a curse. But he chose, everybody say, I choose. I choose. He chose to be honorable. And they made a point to let him know. Uh, and, and it also said that Jabez said, because I bore him in pain. There was something connected with his birth. Now, I don't know about you. All my kids were painful as they were being born. <laughs> there was no, uh, it didn't feel like Disneyland. <laughs> you know. But... So that's pretty normal, but there had to be more to that story, Lori. There had to be. I don't know that if it was a child she just didn't want. I don't know if, if maybe she was in a miserable marriage and he was born and he looked just like his daddy. <laughs> That'd be pretty bad, wouldn't it? I don't, I don't know that, that maybe, you know, something was wrong. Something was wrong beyond just normal childbirth pain, maybe it was a terrible, terrible delivery. Maybe she nearly died in it. Maybe she nearly bled to death. Maybe the baby was having trouble being living. I don't know. But there was, it was more than normal pain because she said, I'm naming this boy pain for the rest of his life because whatever's connected with this boy nearly killed me. Now, that's, that's coming into the, into the earth with hamstrung to something that ain't so hot. Most of us, we feel the pain, and then when they hand us that baby, and we're so excited, and I forget the pain, and I'm going to name my baby a blessing. But this woman named her baby a curse. But in the ninth, in the ninth verse, he said, the, the, the writer says, Jabez was more honorable than all of his brothers. He came in under the weather. He came in where mama really wasn't even happy about him to the point she gave him a nasty name. But he he made a choice to be honorable and then he called on the God of Israel. Let's Let's go to verse 10. I love this because it gives us hope let's go to verse 10 Uh, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying oh that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thy hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me and God and then one translation says that I may not cause pain and God granted him what he requested okay let's go back here just a little bit um, hold on a minute. I want to read 
What does honorable mean? It means having strong moral principles. We live in a, in a society that <laughs> they call evil good and they call good evil. And I am so thankful for churches like Heritage that preach the Bible and the principles of the gospel. So he had strong moral principles. Some of the synonyms are high principle, honorable, moral uprightness, understanding, right-minded, noble, good, honest, decent, ethical, righteous, virtuous, worthy, and idealistic. He was more honorable. He lived completely opposite from the label and the living and the living um, and he lived in a way that pleased God. So he lived opposite of his name and he lived in a way that pleased God. He made a decision. I know I've been labeled something that's not good. I know my mom had a rough time, but I'm making a choice. We all have a choice. Listen, this is not magic. You don't get saved and then magically everything's just easy. We have the supernatural and we have the ability to be helped by God, but we have to make a choice every day to serve God and to serve Him with all of our hearts. His mother gave him the name Pain, which meant bloodline curses, a declaration of doom every time his name was called. But he called on Israel... And he said, on the God of Israel, and he said, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed. Now, I want to take the first part, bless me indeed. And here's what the Lord spoke to me when I read this that day in prayer. He said, many times people ask God to bless them according to what they want. That's praying amiss sometimes. That's why it's very important to follow the Holy Spirit in our prayer. It's very important to have your prayer language so you won't pray amiss. But the Lord said, I want you to look, Callie, he prayed that I would bless him indeed. In other words, he said, I want you to bless me according to your will, your purpose, and your plan. I'm not going to try to manipulate this blessing. I'm not going to give you my idea of what this blessing should look like. I'm not going to try to, because many times, even as Christians, I've done it. God bless me. And here's how I want you to do it. Can you do this? And then can you do this? And this needs to be done. I think if you'll use that person, this will work better. And like, like I know better than God. And many times God has just said, Callie, shut up. Just pray for my blessing. I know it's God's will that he wants our church to grow. I know he wants people to be saved. I know he wants me to be healed. I know he wants me to walk in his blessing. But I don't have to give him an, a, a literal architect drawing, submit it to heaven, and expect him to bless my plan. Jabez said, I want you to bless me, and I'm asking you, you know what I was hamstrung with. You know that my name is Jabez, and it's pain. But God, I don't want to cause pain, and I'm asking you to bless me indeed. I trust that your blessing will be right in line with every desire you've put in my heart that, have, that has come from you. I trust that your blessing will encompass the desires that you have put in my heart from even a young man. I trust you with my life. I'm not going 
going to tell you how to bless me. I'm just going to ask you to take all of me. I will, I'm going to live morally upright. I'm going to make choices that are just for you, God. I'm going to pray and seek your face. I'm going to lay down every sin that might so easily beset me. I am going to, uh, you are going to break off this curse because I trust you to bless me indeed. And I know that my mama didn't quite see it and my daddy didn't quite see it and I understand what my bloodline suffered with but it stops right here God because I'm asking you to bless me indeed and I'm trusting you with the outcome he laid down every preconceived thought and idea 10 times out of 10 God's plan is way bigger and better than we can even imagine 10 times out of 10 The next part of that prayer was enlarge my territory. Now this is a prophetic declaration over Heritage Church. God is enlarging your territory. He is enlarging and increasing your influence. And he asked me, he said, God, I want you to let me, to bless me indeed, however you see to do it. But I'm asking you, I'm asking you, it is a humble request that you would, in the process of this, you would enlarge my influence. Because what the enemy meant for me was for me to cause pain the rest of my life. What the enemy meant for me was for me to carry the burden of a broken mother and her declaration over me. But I'm asking you to bless me indeed. And then I'm asking you to give me influence and give me righteous influence and increase my ability to be what you can only make me be and let everyone see that my choice for you changed my life. God's enlarging your territory. He's extending your stakes. Your influence will be known all over the world. God's giving you wisdom to go in and out of different tribes and nations and peoples and, and, and groups of thought and know how to handle the gospel well. Last part of that prayer is he said, I want you to keep me from evil. I know my name means pain, but God, I don't want to cause pain. I'm asking you to keep me from the natural tendencies of my bloodline. Every bloodline has natural tendencies for evil. Ain't nobody has an exception here. In my family, my my father was a ship. His name was Ship. The ships had terrible tempers. They wore it like a badge. Those ships, man, don't get them mad. I had that temper when I was young. Oh, Jesus, help us all. You did not want to mess with me if I was mad. But Jesus and 42 years has healed my temper. It takes a lot to get me mad now. I mean, a real, I mean, it has to be something really warranted getting mad over. I don't lose my temper because someone bumped me in the hall at 6 in the morning. My sister says that in the, before I got saved, she said I was devil-possessed, which I probably was. 
And she said, and I was, I was like a big, which I still am big, but I was like short and big like a block. And, you know, it, it was a blessing to her because there was a couple of times, because Cindy was always the really pretty one, and this one big boy wanted to kiss her. And, and, like, pushed her up against uh, uh, a wall and tried to kiss her. And she yelled, Callie, help. And I ran out of that house, jumped off that porch, ran 100 miles an hour. He was six feet tall. I land blasted him right in his belly. <laughs> drug him by his hair over to my yard. Rolled his head in ants and dared him to walk on my side of the street. I think I was devil-possessed. Of course, my daddy was like, go, Kelly, go. I won't tell you the other obscenities he yelled. Daddy didn't get saved till two weeks before he died. He had a colorful language. But the Holy Ghost and Jesus transformed me. Prior to getting saved, I was hard-hearted. I'd been through a lot of trauma as a kid. Trauma can make you hard or it can make you a blubbering mess. It made me hard. After I got saved, I became the most tender-hearted person on the planet. The power of Jesus. I'm extremely tender-hearted, but that came from Jesus. That came from salvation. So he said, I want you to keep me from pain and I, because I don't want to grieve myself or anyone under my influence. He prayed, God, I need you to bless me indeed. I have my ideas, God, about what I want that blessing to look like, but I'm trusting you. I submit my desires. Listen, this is important. I submit my ambitions. I submit even my preconceived ideas. And, God, you can change anything that you want to change because you're God. I accept that your changes will be best for me because I need you to bless me indeed. I know with that blessing, and I'm asking you to let me see it, I know with your blessing that you intended means that you are going to enlarge my borders. You're going to give me land I never would have had on my own. You're going to give me influence that I could have never garnered with my own ability. And I trust you that I'm going to be blessed with influence and the ability to go places that my family dreamed about going. I'm also asking you, God, to not let the bloodline curses ever surface again. That you totally deliver me and now I've got a new blood running through my veins. And I am now a part of a new family and it's the family of God. And the gifts of the Spirit are what's come out of me and love comes out of me and patience comes out of me and, and, and humility comes out of me and meekness comes out of me because I believe that I will never cause pain again because of what you've done in my life. And the Bible says he granted his request. He granted his request. Let's raise our hands. Lord, I just thank you that you are granting that request because that is the prayer of, that is my heart's prayer to you today. I'm asking you, Lord, for me and this congregation to bless us indeed. I'm asking you to just bless us indeed. And God, we don't, we trust you with your plan. Whatever it is, we trust you with it. 
I'm asking you, God, to enlarge our territory. And I believe prophetically that you have promised us that you will enlarge us. But we are thanking you for it and we are humbly requesting it today. I'm asking you again, Lord, don't let, the, don't let any residue of my own nature influence me ever again. Let me be a woman that people know loves them and is an encouragement and don't let any of that old Callie ever surface again. And we thank you, God, that you have granted our request today. You have granted our request. The prophetic word over this church is enlargement, is expansion. The prophetic word over your family is enlargement and expansion and deliverance from the pain of your bloodline. That is yours today to take home. God is setting you free right now. Just raise your hands there and see. He's setting you free. He's setting you free from small-mindedness. He's setting you free from trauma. He's setting you free from bloodline curses. He's setting you free from poverty. He's setting you free from limitations. We serve a God that wants to bless us. There are even people here that God is literally touching your head and he's taking a net. I see a net coming off your brain. Like a net. A net of restriction. A net of confusion. A net of not being able to think clearly. It's coming off your brain and God is healing you. Right as I'm speaking right now, you're being healed. Lord, I thank you for healing your people today. I thank you for healing us all. And every area that needs to be tweaked by your Holy Spirit, you're tweaking us. He's recalibrating us. My son just came home from uh, the military, and he has all these guns. He's a, he's a um, Green Beret. He has all these guns, and he has them all laid out at the house. You know, he's showing me, Mom, look at this. Mom, look. I mean, I get up the other morning, he's got the gun. He's going, he's, he's, he's a fun guy. He's a, he's a, he's a pastor, too. He's, you know what he said to me? He used to travel with Leland, and he'd go to all these churches. And these pastors, you know, they went to some of the largest churches in the nation to sing. And these pastors would always say, Jake, I want you to ride with me. And they'd talk to him about their church. And, and I'd prophesied over him when he was a young man that he was going to be a, an amazing pastor and he would be a pastor of, of pastors. And uh, he'd always say, Mama, I love you, Mama. But it, you, it's just because you love pastors. So he never did tell me in his own heart he really believed me. But he didn't want to give me any encouragement and hope because he really wanted to go be Rambo bad. He wanted to be Rambo more than he wanted to be anything. So he quit the band with Leland and he went to be Rambo. He's in school 
And a little uh, Indonesian lady is teaching him the language. He doesn't realize that she's a Holy Ghost language teacher. And there's 150 of these young men in there that they're teaching language. They're getting ready to go to Korea and all over the world. One day she walks up to him and said, Jacob? And she said, he said, yes, ma'am. Can I speak to you privately? And she, he says, yes, ma'am. She said, I'm in trouble. Because he's kind of a class clown, you know. So she pulled him aside and, he's, and she said, I have a word from God for you. He said, oh, God, where's my mother? <laughs> he said, she said, you're running from God. And God's allowing you to run for a while and allowing you to do what you want for a while. But God is not going to let you go. And he's going to run right with you. And he's going to drive you crazy till you come back and do the work of God. You're a pastor. <laughs> my son was so upset. He went home and told his wife, and he said, if you tell my mother, I'll kill you. <laughs> so time goes on. They don't tell me. Time goes on. We had some challenges with Jake. He's running with a lot of men's men, and he's not always doing things he should, okay? And not men's men in the Bible way, and I'll just leave it at that. So his wife's talking to me. She's a beautiful Filipino girl. We're praying over Jake. I'm kind of keeping it to myself. Sometimes when you go through trouble, it's just best to just keep it between you and Jesus. I'm in a pastor's meeting, and it's a small one. There's maybe 100 pastors there, and Papa Dale is ministering to us. And I'm sitting up on the front row, and Papa Dale said, um, Callie... I want you to come up and pray for all these pastors. And so I came up and I began to pray for them. And a lot of them had needs. You know, they were just really being honest and talking about some of their family needs. And we were praying for them. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, have them, have them pray with you about Jake. And so I opened up a little bit about what I was going through with Jake. And we began to pray for Jake. And all the pastors just began to pray for Jake. And so I turned it back to Papa Dale and I went and sat down. All of a sudden, I get a phone call, and it's an overseas number, and it's Jake. And I didn't answer it, and I texted him back. I said, I'm in church. Is it in an emergency? And he said, call me now. So, you know, when your son's in Korea, and he says, call me now, and he's a Green Beret, you, 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 you go call them. So I ran out there and called him, and my son is bawling on the other end of the phone. And he's got a buddy that's a Green Beret with him. And come to find out this boy's brother is a pastor and his dad was a part of the power team. And Jake's, they got to talking about church and Jesus and they both started crying. And he said, I can't keep running from God, Mom. I can't keep running from God. I'm not going to re-up. I'm coming home. What can I do to help you in the church? I said, son, just show up. I got plenty for you to do. I said, but I'm not paying you. <laughs> he said, that's okay, Mom. I've saved a lot of money. I don't need no payment. I said, but I'm, I'm going to put you to work. I'm going to make you work. He said, that sounds good. Now he's home with me. He's going to prayer. He's tenderhearted. He's crying when he talks about Jesus. He comes to church. and Then he gives me a list of things I need to change every time I get home. 
<laughs> he's one of those kind of guys. He's just, he loves me, but he's, he's, he likes things right, you know. You need to do this, mother. You need to, okay, okay, okay. Well, I'll talk to Pastor Todd and Cindy. We'll see. God's going to raise him up. God's going to raise him up. We can't give up. There are many of you standing here, and you've got kids that you're like, they're not serving God. They're not, well, the promises of God are yea and amen. And I'm telling you, if you'll do what the prophetic um, call was at the beginning of this service, and you will pray for this church, and you'll pray for pastors and their family, God will wrought miracles in your family. And it will begin to happen immediately. And you will see the manifestation of the blessing on your own family. And that is the word of the Lord to you today. I love you so much. And I turn this back to Pastor Brad.